Murders, Mysteries, and Meows is a true crime podcast and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Murders, Mysteries, and Meows. I'm June. And I'm Chris. And I decided that to, uh, since it's April, it's my birthday month, that we were going to do something a little bit different. And what's that? We are going to murder a person in fictional. We are ah, going to create the perfect murder of a fictional person. I see. So uh, who's creating this perfect murder? Well, I'm doing one, you're doing one. And we'll sit there and pick apart each other's and see who's come up with a better murder. I'm pretty sure I can do a more perfect murder than you. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Like no, you planning can't. this murder. No, you can't. Yes, I can. And I'll prove it here <laughs> on this podcast. Alright, go ahead. So. so to make this fair, we are going to be killing the same person and we're going to devise different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. This person is Joe Blows Goats, works for Mega Casino Corp here in Reno, Nevada, as a middle management, middle-aged guy with a drinking problem, cheating on his wife, plays favorites, and is an all-around unlikable guy. Mm-hmm. So, who should go first? Um, I'll let you go first. All right. The person who will be killing Mr... Joe Blows Goats is none other than Zach Swagger, a supervisor, low-level management, who's been passed over for promotion one too many times because Mr. Joe Blows Goats plays favorites. Mm -hmm. He's had it, and now he's going to put him down in the best way he knows how, which is shooting him. Okay. So he's seen enough cop shows, he's seen enough forensic things to know he's got to plan this out. Doesn't want to get caught. Gotcha. So he's right. watched lots and lots of cops and lots and lots of Law and Order. Yeah, something like that. And NCIS and yeah, CSI prob- and probably. all those. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? The kind of things that you know low-level supervisors do. Anyway, so he what's he do? He goes, he purchases a gun, gets some range time, gets some practice. Okay. Now the thing is, he gets practice in a very specific way because he has a plan. Right. right. He does his practice prone shooting mm-hmm. a rifle, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea being that he's going to lay down in his car and shoot from his trunk to hit Mr. Joe Blow's goats. Ah, and gotcha. he has a location in, in mind, mm-hmm. right? Because he knows that Mr. Joe Blow's goats, much like any corporate bee, has a set routine, right? Mm-hmm. He works nine to five, goes to his personalized parking spot, Mm-hmm. leaves, and every Friday when he gets off work, he goes to the bar, and he's there for hours, mm-hmm. right? And then goes home, or goes to the cheap motel, mm-hmm. where he bangs one of his employees. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's why he plays favorites, or how he yes. finds his favorites. Now the thing is, Joe Blows Goats knows he can't shoot this guy when, or rather, Zach Swagger knows he can't shoot Joe Blows Goats when he arrives or when he leaves from the workplace. Okay. Because at that time, lots of people are arriving. Mm-hmm. It's daylight, there's security, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things going on. Way too much activity. Mm-hmm. Way too easy to get caught, right? Mm-hmm. So where does he target him? He targets him in the parking lot of the bar when he is leaving, right? Getting ready to go home. Stumbling, right? Gets in his car, lets the trunk sit ajar, has his gun ready and waits. Mm-hmm. Waits for that car door to open 
Joe blows Goats is about to sit down in his driver's seat. Bang! Gets shot dead. Trunk door closes silently. Mm-hmm. And Zack Swagger slides on out over to his driver's seat and leaves. So, what do you think of that murder plot? Well, um, I mean, he's dead. Mm-hmm. But I think that there obviously are many holes in there. Oh, like what? Uh, let's see. Cameras? Well, what would the cameras see? Depends on how good they are, where they're located, what their angles are. Okay. So they could potentially see quite a lot. Well, I imagine that, like most of the bars in Reno around town, the cameras looking in the parking lots are not exactly the best. Okay, but that's still be something And the whole point day. is, I mean, it is at night, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you don't actually see Zack Swagger shooting. No, but you see the car there. Maybe. And you see a person getting in and out, so there's always the potential of being able to look at that car, look at the license, or track it through other stoplights and cameras, find the license plate, and find who owns that car. Mm, maybe. What other holes you got besides shoddy cameras? <laughs> well, the fact that he doesn't have a confrontation means that they wanted to kill him, as opposed to a bar fight or a bar brawl, which happens, and there's a confrontation either in the bar or right outside and then the person comes back with a gun and kills the person they just fought, that doesn't happen. Well, how do they know there's a confrontation or not? Well, on cameras, they don't see anything. Well, if he's on camera, sure, they won't see a confrontation, which could show that it was premeditated murder. But outside of the camera work, what else do you got? Well, see, they'd have to look at the fact who would want this person dead, which obviously there's a lot of people, it looks like. Sure, sure, a jealous wife. Disgruntled employees. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The fact that somebody gets shot usually indicates a little bit more level of premeditation. Also, how far away is he shot? They can tell that by looking at the wound, where the gun shot entered, how close or how far it was, the amount of residue on that body from that person. Well, so if it's farther away, then that means much more premeditation because somebody had to be far enough away to shoot them. I suppose that's true. But at the same time, uh, the gunshot wound really only shows if they were close enough to get gunshot residue on them and any further away it's pretty hard to gauge that kind of distance well you can still tell pretty well how many inches it is up to about like i think it's 18 24 inches once you get past that range you're not close range well if you're farther away than that there's much more level of it being either planned or people are witnessing it well it could be unless you know it was like a drive-by or something yeah, well, drive-bys, at least to some level, are planned, even if the targets aren't what ends up being the plan. Sure, sure. People don't just say, let's go grab guns and go drive and shoot. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to drive by and shoot that person. Mm-hmm. They're still at an aim. They're still a target. Okay. Well, outside of he got shot from a distance, you know, what uh, what else you got? Well, let's see. Um, if you got shot by a gun, then they have the bullet so they can still tell a fair amount from that what kind of gun it was. Well, they can tell what kind of bullet it was. They couldn't tell what kind of gun it was. I don't remember enough about it or know enough about the most recent gun ballistics to know any of that stuff. But they can still start looking, okay, we know what kind of bullet it was. We know what kind of gun shoot this bullet. Sure. Who has purchased these guns recently? Well, you know, given the ridiculous number of gun sales that there's been in the past year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You're you're looking at 21 million people. Yeah, that is very true. That is definitely uh, makes it harder to trick or trash. So, what else do you... Well, how talkative is Zack Swagger? Um, you know, he's probably a talkative guy with a name like 
Zach Swagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I doubt he's going to be talking about how he murdered his boss. Mm. Gotcha. Well, what is he going to do with his gun? How? What is he going to do if they decide, okay, well, we're going to start talking to everybody. Anybody who knows this person. If somebody gets murdered, they go talk to everybody around them. Coworkers, neighbors, people who work in the same office building. They talk to everybody. Sure. So they're going to talk to Zach Swagger. Yeah, they probably would. Well, how's he going to handle it? He's just going to lie through his teeth, telling him, you know, I'm, I ain't going to say I'm sad he's gone, but I can certainly say I didn't kill him. Because <laughs> that's not going to draw attention to you. Well, what else is he supposed to tell the cops when they come asking, hey, you know, who do you think would have done this or that, right? Zack Swagger could say, or give him the good old-fashioned misdirect and say, hey, you know, word is he's been cheating on his wife with one of the employees or a few of the employees. You might want to check on them or check on his wife, mm-hmm. right? And steer them away. Mm-hmm. Well, how does Zack Swagger know that? Who are the names? Well, you know, much like in our own workplace, word gets around fast. And whether that word is actually true really doesn't matter to Zack Swagger. Because if they go and, you know, find out that lots of coworkers are saying the same rumor, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be focusing on, you know, that aspect of it. I was probably going to start looking and seeing, you know, who benefits them. Like you said, who benefits? Mm-hmm. So, you know, potential the wife. Because, yeah. you know... Get back at a cheating husband. Back a cheating husband. Uh, somebody dies, you get the monies from it. Mm-hmm. What people has he passed over for promotions? Yep, that is certainly another thing. Or people who are seeking his position, mm-hmm. right? Which would certainly be low-level management. Yeah. Trying to make it to middle management. Mm-hmm. So those are definitely going to be people that they look into or check out. Sure. Still not a hole in the case, though. Sure, because there's probably a handful of people who are... You know, seeking that position or have issues with Joe Blows Goats. Uh-huh. Well, what kind of cars do they all drive? Well, why does that matter? Because they're probably able to look at the height of the car, the height the shot of the angle, angle of the shot. Uh-huh. And say, hey, this looks like it was either somebody was shooting from their hip, which is, you know, a very Western movie style of shooting, but not generally very effective in real life if you're trying to actually kill somebody. Or they're shooting from, you know, a car trunk, like the DC Snipers. I suppose that could also be true, but in this case, Zack Swagger is driving a four-door sedan that drops the back seats so that he can enter the trunk from mm-hmm. the rear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, how many co-workers of yours or mine drive four-door sedans? Probably a bunch. Well, I mean, now that I think about it, <laughs> uh, n- none of my co-workers drive sedans at all. But you're, you're not wrong. Sedans are still popular cars. How popular are they here in Reno, though? I don't feel like they're as popular as, like, a hatchback or other four-wheel drive. Well, the small SUV is certainly the most popular car, but here it's small SUVs and trucks. Yeah, so I don't feel like I see that many small, you know, sedans here mm-hmm. compared to trucks or SUVs. Mm-hmm. That could certainly play against Zack Swagger because the sedan sits lower, but it offers the concealment, mm-hmm. right, because he's in the trunk, mm-hmm. right? Can't do that from a truck or an SUV, which are generally open. Mm-hmm. Got anything else? Any other things that might really point them in his direction? Well, I mean, the police can always ask him, hey, do you have a gun? Oh, they could. And knowing Zach Swagger, that he's going to answer one of two ways. Uh, nope. <laughs> or, yeah, I have an AR-15, I 
button I'm getting pretty good with. <laughs> ah, well, that's definitely going to catch their attention right there because I'm assuming that they love to figure out, okay, I don't know much about guns. So stepping away from being, trying to get away with a murder, tell me about that stuff because I don't know. About what? Much about guns. So tell me, like, what kind of bullet would be used in that gun as opposed to what kind of bullet was used to kill Joe Blow. Well, the gun that Zack Swagger used is an AR-15, fires a 5.56 NATO or a 2.23, right? So the thing is, uh, it is a very common rifle round, arguably one of the most common in the U.S., Okay. right? So him saying that he recently bought an AR-15, mm-hmm. right, would spark interest in that it's the same kind of gun that would reason. fire that bullet, Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's recent or not, it's not really going to matter. But the fact that he owns one and is a person of interest because he is a subordinate of Joe Blow's goats, right? It's something that they can look at, mm-hmm. right? Because if they ask everybody, hey, do you own a gun? And everybody says yes, but only one of them owns an AR 15, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of like, whoop, spotlight moves to that guy, mm-hmm. right? But if everybody they interview says, oh, yeah, I own a gun, and all of them own. You know, a handgun and something that fires five five six. Well, you, they can still look at all these people who fired five five six, right? Because they can take the round from the body mm-hmm. and check the striations on the bullet against the barrels of these guns. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, they'll be able to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bulletproofing like that isn't an exact science as much as I think we thought it was. It's still a pretty good thing. It can definitely rule stuff in or out, but it's not. The perfect science that I used to think. Well, it's not a matter of whether it's a perfect science if it gives you the person to look at. Well, yeah, but just because I have a gun, you can say, well, this bullet looks like it could very well. This bullet matches this gun. I don't believe that you can say with 100% certainty, yes, this bullet came from this gun. Not like not the way you can with DNA and say, yes, this oh, DNA sure. is a match. I'm not saying that they're going to get them just based on bullet striations. But what I'm saying is that if they're close enough, they know who to look for. Mm-hmm. They know who to look at and what kind of evidence they should be looking for, right? Mm-hmm. It's a matter of finding the right direction to go. Mm-hmm. And with that, they'd be certainly, it would get them on the right track. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for the gun information. I didn't know that a lot of that stuff. But yeah, so they'd be able to ask him about his gun. And Jack, Jack, with Zach Swagger, like, name kind of like that, it sounds like he'd be not great at staying quiet talking to the cops. <laughs> well, you know... If you kill somebody and don't want to get caught, I'm pretty sure you're not going to blab everything to the cops. So, you heard the plot. You have an idea of how the investigation is going to go. Mm-hmm. What would you rate this as a murder? On a scale of... 1 to 10 or A plus to F minus? <laughs> well, on a scale of F minus to A plus, I'd give it a B minus, C plus. I see. And where do you think this plan kind of falls apart where it drops the grade that low. Because it gets the job done, it gets the Joblo killed, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of stuff that would point to Zack Swagger as being a potential suspect that would get attention to him. The fact that he has been passed over several times by Joe for promotion. Uh-huh. The fact that people do talk to him if he has a gun that was used to kill him. Uh-huh. Even if it wasn't the gun or they don't have a way to get any information or search the gun, it still is counting against him. He has a car that is the right angle for the gun. Mm-hmm. He has a reason to want him dead, and that he has no proof of evidence as to where he was when it happened. Yeah, all he very He has no true. alibi for the night he dies. So, in terms of chance of success, pretty high. Mm-hmm. Ease of execution? Pretty high. Chance and of getting caught? Decent. Decent. 
All right, so Zach Swagger gets a B minus for shooting the guy. B minus C plus. Okay, B minus C plus, whatever. <laughs> anyway, and how would you kill Joe Blow? Well, I'm going to be the secretary who he has refused to promote or give a raise in all the years she's been there. Well, what would he promote a secretary to? Well, like if, if she's applying for jobs that are higher up. Oh, I suppose that's true. You know, we're trying to get into lower, middle, upper management. That's true. That's so Fair nice. So he hasn't, you know, given her a good review. or He's given her a regular review, but not a stellar one, or hasn't done anything to help her improve. Okay. Along. Constantly hits on her and touches her inappropriately, but there's not anything she can really do because he's middle management, she's just a secretary. I see, I see. So years of harassment and being passed over and given shit reviews, she's ready to kill. Yep. All right, well, how does she do it? Well, she does it the way that many women have done murder forever. She's going to poison him. Of course she is. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it works. It works very, very well. I suppose it does. All right, so how's she going to do it? She's going to use a plant called the Krowinskia humboldtiana, also known as a coyoteo. And what is that? That is a small flowering shrub in the family Reminaceae, native to southern Texas and Mexico. I see. Thanks for the biology <laughs> lesson. So what exactly does it do? Does it just kill people? It's Well, I mean, yes, but it causes paralysis, which is often followed by death. However, the cool thing about it is that it takes days or weeks to kill them, for the symptoms to appear and for them to die. So that means that there's very little chance of anybody tracing back to oh, this is what happened. That makes it much harder to trace, find, or pinpoint on anybody. Because you're not going to remember something you ate, you know, three, four, five weeks ago that was a little bit odd. So she would get those berries, and then she would bring them back to here. She would make sure to use cash to pay for all of her gas and everything on the way to Texas and back, so there's no paper trail of her going there. And then once she had the berries, she would hold on to them and then mix them into his food when he had the right meal some sort of salad or something else that she could take these berries, which are apparently, they're kind of sweet, so they do get eaten by accident somewhat often, either by animals and or by people, and then mix them in and wait and see what happens. The guarantee of death is definitely not there, but if it does happen, that's a pretty perfect murder. Well, I'm going to have to agree to disagree on that. There's a lot of problems with the secretary's plan, Mm -hmm. right? One, uh, she's a secretary. She's no botanist or chemist, so... She's not going to know exactly how much she's going to need or how long the chemical that causes this paralysis and death is going to last once the berries are picked. The other thing, too, is if she's planning on putting it in a salad or something, well, one, does he even eat salads? You know? Um, The other thing, too, bringing these things back from Texas or Mexico and all that means that she's actually got to find the stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and assuming she does, and he is eating a salad because he's on a diet or whatever, and she puts it in his food, he has to be willing to eat this berry that mysteriously appeared in his food of unknown quantity, and then ingest all of it. And if he dies, you know, she'll get away with murder. And if he doesn't, right, he's going to be looking at all these weird things that are happening to him and think back to, man, those odd berries are sticking out in my mind. And that's if he remembers the berries or they stick out to him. Sure. That's, of course, if he remembers. Because if they're just mixed into your salad, you may not pay attention to every single item you're eating in your salad. If you're somebody packs you a salad or you have a salad at work and they add them to it. Yeah, who's to say? Overall, I think I would give this murder a 
I'd say a D plus, maybe a C minus. And the reason being, the uh, ease of execution is difficult because she has to take time off, go there, and actually find the berries, obtain the berries, and in some way preserve their killing power, mm -hmm. which is unknown mm -hmm. and in an unknown quantity. Yep. The likelihood of uh, the murder being successful is very questionable mm -hmm. because we don't know and she don't know and there's a lot of variables because she has to use the right amount that will also be undetected but at the same time enough where he'll die. Mm -hmm. But the ability to not get caught is pretty good in mm -hmm. this case. Yeah, right? that's where it shines the most. The chances of getting caught are... Very, very slim. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a berry that, like, if they were to run a typical poisoning test or mm -hmm. heavy metal test or any kind of test, it's not going to show mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. right? Nope. And certainly they're not going to find the berries in his guts weeks later. You know? Even days later, they're not yep. going to find it. For sure. So that's the one plus, I'd say, that this plan has yeah. is you're basically if it's successful if every if the stars align and everything works you're just not getting caught no but everything else there's so many variables that come into play yeah believe it if know. it's not successful the chances of you getting caught are still very very slim yep and they say d's get degrees but they're yeah. certainly not going to lead to successful perfect murders well if you get away with it well it's if you pretty get, perfect murder if you get away with it but even that, that is pretty difficult yes it is but I just was listening to the book uh, Wicked Plants, and they mm -hmm. talked about it, and I was like, that's a pretty awesome idea for a very elusive, very difficult to identify murder weapon. Certainly the case. Plus, I'm just not the kind of person I could not go up and actually, like, physically do something to, like, stab or shoot somebody. Oh, yeah, even for our secretary, who I'm assuming is probably around your size. Mm-hmm. All that would probably have a hard time trying to stab somebody to death. Uh, it's not to say that it's impossible, but it certainly does not give you a lot of advantages. No, there's very many disadvantages to that, which is why one of the reasons she's not I would never try and stab somebody because the chances of that going well and getting away with it are very, very slim. Even worse than getting away with shooting somebody. You know, looking at the grades that we've gotten for these murders, uh, they're not terribly good. No. No, you know? they're they're pretty bad. But I think we could do better. Oh, for sure. I definitely, after talking to you and going over this in my head, I'm like, I see a lot of plot holes, I see a lot of issues, and I have solutions to these, things that I could do better, a lot better. Yes, and so do I. So perhaps we should release a, another episode, a yeah. follow-up, you could say, that has kind of like the ironclad perfect murders. Mm-hmm. But since we just were talking about Murdering somebody. What's the opposite of murder? Uh, birth. Birth. Yep. And you know what time it is? No. It's kitten season. Oh, that's right. Yep. Kitten season. So if you guys, you know, it is still COVID. There's still a lot of people still under quarantine or currently unemployed. If you have time, reach out to your local animal shelter. Find out if they need fosters. Because we, I've fostered kittens successfully and unsuccessfully. And it's a lot of fun. Especially if you can get a mama cat to be there to take care of the babies. Then you just get to enjoy the joy of itty bitty kittens and having them around with no guaranteed, um, with no responsibility. I mean responsibility, but no long-term commitment. Unless you get easily attached to kittens and then you find yourself uh, with some pet cats. 
which could happen too. But if you go in as a foster, then you make a promise with them that yes, you'll take care of these kittens and they help provide you with food, litter, all the stuff they need. So you have to spend money out of pocket. You might end up doing it because they're adorable and it's fun, but you don't have to. And they just, they frequently need places for kittens to be. And especially for baby bottle babies, they just do not have the resources. So those kittens may get put down because they don't have somebody to sit there and feed them every few hours. And it is exhausting work, but it's also very rewarding and very fun to see them go from being these itty bitty little things that sort of swarm around to being fun, sweet, cute, rambunctious kittens. I mean, you got to see it. It was fun. It sure was. It was a lot of work and it was smelly, but it's a lot of fun. And since there are still a lot of people who aren't working, if you have time, reach out to your local shelter. Yeah, much like all of us need a little bit of help and care, the kittens are the same way and can really use your help. Yeah, and it's a nice way to give back without, you know, a lot of people right now don't have much money and that's, but you have time. If you've got time, you can help do this. So, and plus kittens are adorable. Who doesn't love being around kittens? Unless you're allergic to cats. Well, I guess there are people who don't, but I don't understand why people would not want to be around kittens. Then you get all the joy of kittens without the commitment of raising them for to be cats. Any thoughts on fostering and kittens? Uh, I'm glad that we had the experience once, and I'm glad we're not doing it again. Well, I want to do it again, just not right now. No! <laughs> yes! I didn't say anytime soon, but I definitely want to do it again. It's something I really enjoy. Yeah, it is certainly fun to see them and have them hanging around. And we're certainly in a position where we can do it now. Yeah. You know, we have the the space, the experience, and everything necessary to kind of get it done. Oh, yeah. Right now, not the time, but... Certainly not the time. But, yes. Yeah, so I am a very big proponent of helping foster. And have you... Have any... Are you... Anybody out there, have you been a foster? A foster failure? A foster success? Do you have kittens now? Have you had kittens in the past? How'd you end up with your kittens? I would love to hear kitten stories. I absolutely love kitten stories. So please email us, mmmeows at gmail.com. Send me pictures of your kittens. I would love to see them. If you give me permission, I'll put them on the website or on Instagram. If you don't, I will just enjoy them and squee over them privately. And for me, I would love to hear your perfect murder. Ooh, yeah. As well as any plot holes or other issues or smoking guns that you may find in the cases that we bring up. Yeah, what what plot holes or what issues did we miss? So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I also forgot to say, it's just past our one year anniversary for the podcast. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we started on the quarantine back in March last year. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Yep. I didn't either until I was like, oh, and I got one of those, remember this time last year? I see, I see. Yeah, time flies by when you're... Busy. We're quarantined. <laughs> it both flew by and dragged forever. But Certainly yes. seems that way. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Please email us and we'll come up with better plots and come back to you with those. Bye. Bye.